0: I'm so excited to be here today at NetApp World Headquarters with none other than the CEO of NetApp, George Kurian. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, It's uh, really great to be invited here to do this live and in person. It's an opportunity that we have rarely. And thanks for accommodating us.
1: Not at all. Thank you for the partnership, and thanks for taking the time.
0: It was great to see you at Google Cloud Next recently, and this is a great follow-up to that. Um, And when I meet, you know, leaders that are uh, uh, illustrious in their careers and have achieved great things. I always like to dig into the past a little bit, if you don't mind. Uh, So as far back as you want to go to leading up to now, I'd love to, for me and for our audience, to learn about just your career story and how you ended up here as CEO of NetApp.
1: I think I grew up in India uh, at a time where there were no computers in India. I had never seen a computer till I came for undergraduate college in the US. And, you know, there's a bit of circumstance and timing. I came to the States in 1986, which was the early years of personal computing. And the Macintosh had just come out and uh, I got to be a lab tech in college for the first Macintosh lab in, you know, uh, colleges in the US. That got me interested in computing and um, I, After graduating with a degree in computer science, I came out west to work for Oracle. Um, I started out as a software developer, but I was always curious about what customers did with technology. So I took the opportunity when it was available to move over into product management, then did a variety of sort of product general management jobs at various scales, all the way from startups to Cisco, and then came to NetApp 10 years ago. I joined NetApp, led the software group, then led the product division, and then in 2015 was fortunate to get a chance to be the CEO.
0: Well, you've done a tremendous job. I think uh, the job of transforming an organization the way that you have is uh, not easy. And we were just talking about you know our time at Google next and uh, how the reaction from the people that saw you there in that context, maybe for the first time how excited they were about the transformation um and also the partnership with google cloud of course uh do you want to talk about that a little bit like how do you take a a, an organization that is so well established and so well known in one thing and then get it to be uh successful and as uh as known in, in in the world of cloud and i'd love to also learn about your work with uh, just making your services available on GCP natively, which is a, a tremendous undertaking.
1: Thank you. Well, I think you're right about it being a hard uh, job. I think that you know the companies that have the hardest time transforming themselves are ones that have been particularly successful in one you know, uh, I you know one market, one business. It's yes. almost their identity is Correct. a threat. Yes. We've always believed that. Uh, if something is of value to customers and is an advantage to customers, you have to go where they're going. Otherwise, they're going to leave you behind. And so we saw, you know, very early after I got to NetApp, we began to work on how do we make the cloud useful to our customers. And we kept the customer at the center of the discussion between us and the various cloud providers. I think the second is to have the humility to know what you're really good at and conversely where you need to partner. Mm-hmm. We realized very quickly that we were not going to be a complete cloud provider, right? but that we had world-class technology that could make the cloud provider platforms much more valuable. And I didn't think it was the spirit of that kind of partnership that brought us to work with the cloud providers. I think from a technology collaboration standpoint it's been awesome to see you know two very sophisticated technical teams yeah. learning to work together with no boundaries because really what we have tried to engineer here is a completely seamless experience for the customer yeah. all the way from technology to support to distribution and that's been really rewarding to see uh, we had some of the google engineers at our you know, booth and at our um, customer event. And it was really nice to see their reflections of working with another team. Yeah, no, it's
0: incredible for the market and for our customers that they can get the world's best storage solution sort of natively in their environment and not just in in Google Cloud in your partnerships, obviously your partner across the board um, because that's where your customers are and that's where you have to be. But you know, I think all those potential landmines you've avoided, we've seen others who tried to you know, compete directly, say, yeah, we're gonna build our own data centers and we're gonna be, we're gonna be the cloud. And I think uh, adjacency to uh, the top three hyperscalers and others is a very nice strategic move. Thank you. Uh, we can't have any conversations today without talking a little bit about AI. Um, it's absolutely uh, transformed the market I think at a speed and velocity that we've seen uh, rarely in anything else since. And you've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this not as long, but also quite long. And uh, I would like to get your perspective on how that's uh, transforming the storage space and conversation. And then in your particular experience, how it's impacting NetApp and your strategy and also uh, how it's impacting your customers.
1: I think, first of all, you're absolutely right, AI is the technology that has the promise to provide the next transformative, you know, improvement in business and productivity of the worldwide economy. There are various different predictions, all large and <laughs> up and to the right. Yeah. And mankind benefits enormously with tools that enable productivity. Um, and so we're excited about that. We've been working in the AI market for you know almost you know, six years now where we've worked with players like NVIDIA, for example, to enable predictive AI, Mm -hmm. which is really ways that AI understands patterns and then predicts what's the right pattern. Everything from disease predictions in life sciences to better manufacturing process outcomes in discrete manufacturing to fraud detection or better recommendations in electronic commerce. We've got a large number of customers that use our tech for that purpose. I think what we see with the advent of Gen AI is you know, two powerful things, right? I think one is customers have often spent a lot of money on getting insight from their transactional systems. Right. So they've built data warehouses and databases and BI tools and on and on. But the largest amount of data in a corporation, and frankly, the fastest growing is unstructured data. Definitely. And so we have been the leader in unstructured data storage forever. Right. And what we now have is the combination of a really sophisticated data management platform together with this really powerful tool that can allow you to extract insights from it. So that's one, and we're excited about that. Secondly, we really see the opportunity for clients to really build multi-cloud architectures. Much of their data probably still sits on premises, right. but the pace of innovation, as you and I saw on the clouds is extraordinary. And so we're excited about that. I'm curious, what do you guys see with uh, you know, the opportunities in AI? Um,
0: yeah, look, it's uh, it's been quite of a roller coaster, an emotional roller coaster, in a lot of ways over the last nine months or so. And uh, you know, it started with, of course, and it's always like this: like something happens that's so mainstream and in the zeitgeist, usually something in the consumer realm that changes the paradigm and changes the direction of the enterprise. Absolutely, it's a very common pattern. Again, never at this volume when uh, ChatGPT came out, and um, and it was sort of like a, a surprise to the universe. Like, it was like, oh my god, look at this thing that this little known company at the time called OpenAI has released, and it was sort of uh, shocking and scary at the same time. Uh, it was scary in terms of what does this mean for all of our jobs, what does it mean for um, Uh, the legal frameworks that exist around copyrights and information. Uh, What does it mean for students uh, and all these things? But also kind of selfishly for for us and for me and, you know, being uh, dedicated to the Google Cloud ecosystem, like, what does it mean for Google? (laughs) And I have to say that uh, there's two or three main patterns we're seeing. One is many of our digital native customers, 60% of our customers are digital native are actually leaning on us for the first time for services and engineering support. They've been self-sufficient for many years. They have some of the top engineers in the world, but they know that speed to value, let's lean on someone like SADA to compress the algorithm of how quickly they can actually achieve something on the platform. So that's fascinating because they're very self-sufficient for a long time. The other paradigm is uh, every traditional enterprise public or not, is being challenged by their board, by their executive team, to have at least a perspective. And you know that's a lot of work. And a lot of it is not engineering work in the beginning. It's really Correct. ideation. It's uh, actually helping, like, we're trying to help our customers find alignment internally on what they want to do. I think the risk, and I love your perspective on this, is how do we ensure that this opportunity, this paradigm, doesn't fizzle out into a bunch of science experiments, and and actually provides production-grade applications that solve real problems. That is purpose-built to be solved by Gen AI. And uh, like, how do we get our customers to focus?
1: I think it starts with uh, you know probably having a clear view of what are the opportunities for any business. And broadly speaking, for us, we see three opportunities. One is to help our customers be successful with AI as a capability. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second is to use AI in your products and services to make them better, which we've done for a long time, but the tools get better and better. And then the third is to use AI to drive the productivity in your business, which is around software development getting better, understanding your business, you know, uh, systems much better, making customer experience or customer service much more productive, right? And so I think it starts with that. I think the second, you know, I think the Boston Consulting Group working with Google had a good perspective on it where they had the 10, 20, 70 rule, which is Mm -hmm. 10% is models. Models, everybody's gonna have a bunch of different models and, you know, there's gonna be different models for different use cases, but it's 10% models. 20%, how do you use your data and good and better data? And then the third, 70%, is really, how do you take it from, you know, sort of a data science proof of concept into business process, right? And Mm -hmm. I think there, what I see as really important is the integration of AI into changing your business process. And there's opportunity for both technology companies to provide an integrated infrastructure, but also, you know, folks like yourselves to advise and build that capability around change management, process re-engineering, and so on.
0: Definitely, and I think the drag along into, I think, acceleration of just cloud adoption in general. That's right. Uh, and the drag along to way more storage, including unstructured data, it's really apparent that that paradigm is, is happening. And the other part that I was grateful for is you know, tech has been Struggling for 18 months around this time when this happened and uh, it's been like nothing but bad news (laughs) And then chat GPT came out and sort of like created this air of optimism and excitement that I haven't seen in a a long time Uh, but but it's really the the proof over the next months and quarters is going to be how do we land a secure safe managed environment where these innovations can happen and then how do we choose the right things to work on such that the ROI is obvious?
1: That's exactly right. Yep. I think, yeah, I think we have a center of excellence that we're forming to take advantage of this uh, these capabilities. I think my advice to my team is be really careful how broadly you circumscribe the you know constraints on the technology, because it's better to give up more of your quote unquote intellectual property to get the benefits, then try to circumscribe a huge amount of intellectual property and then not be able to take advantage of it. Totally. And so we're trying to lean into that and we're trying to iterate quickly. And, mm. uh, you know, I think giving teams the comfort that you can make mistakes and it's going to be okay is important at this at these crucial moments. I think our teams
0: are working, uh, starting to work together a little bit on this. This is also sort of some element of co-innovation and that's creativity exactly right. that's happening that is again uh, just completely net new in terms of how it's landing, which I love yeah the other thing we have to be cautious of is it's never been easier and faster to build applications but then it's never been more high stakes in how to operate and manage those applications That's exactly right it's the reverse before it was like it took a long time to build an application management was pretty straightforward now it's like fast to build but it doesn't just keep working forever now. Like you have to really do a lot of work. So it's an operating model and a service model that um, is changing how we uh, service our customers as well.
1: Don't you see that one of the great opportunities in the cloud is to make available these tools to every business, right? So that it's not just the leading edge or the really wealthy businesses that have access to these tools, but you know i thought it was interesting that sundar said our job is to make it easy for everybody in the world and i think oh, that's yeah. a really powerful mission statement it
0: is and you know uh i'm a little biased but i would say that google's in a tremendous position to lead in that capacity and everything we've seen in vertex the building blocks the tools the models public data non-public like it is you don't have to be a genius to exactly create right. a great application using Gen AI, like and you don't even have to be a very good developer actually to do it, which is, again, good and bad. But uh, it is absolutely democratizing, and it's, it's how it should be. And look, I'm an optimist. I'm a technologist. You're an optimist. You're a technologist. It is daunting uh, every paradigm shift, but there's a lot of pattern, you know, uh, matching with any other big transformation, industrial revolution, computers, exactly internet, right. mobile. Again this is a little different and it's uh, uh, human-like nature. <laughs> so we're trying to get our minds and, and, and uh, strategies wrapped around what that means. But I, I tend to believe that we're going to go through a period of uh, immense job creation and op- uh, economic productivity as opposed to. Um, well, this is going to be devastating. But that's just my, maybe my optimism, speaking.
1: I think, to be honest, in the developed countries where there is a decrease in the, you know, working age population because of the demographic shifts, uh, AI is going to be necessary to even keep the workforce and the, you know, national economies growing, right? Because you look at many yeah. of the developed countries, the number of, you know, working age uh, capable people shrinking as a percentage of the total population. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this could be the boost that those economies need, yeah. um, and hopefully it's also an opportunity for the developing countries to leapfrog and get to a developed state faster. Yeah.
0: Like cell phones in
1: Africa, exactly. For example, that's yeah. exactly right.
0: I hope we're both right, and we're going to work actively to make sure we're contributing positively to that outcome. Which includes ethical AI and safe AI and security and all those things. Uh, Let's talk about Google Next a little bit. It has been four years since Google Next really took place. Actually, next year's dates have already been revealed. I think it's uh, sort of uh, April 11th or so. Changing the venue to Vegas, which I've heard also means it's going to be bigger, which is good because they actually closed registrations down. It was sold out. I think two, three weeks before the event. So, what was your experience like there? Uh, we met together. You took a lot of meetings. You said uh, prior that your your booth was happening, uh, which is great Absolutely. to hear. But what were like the top surprises, takeaways uh, from those uh, three days over there at the Masconi?
1: I think it was, a f- you know, it was nice to have a whole bunch of energy in one place after many years of digital conferences or very small scale. I thought that, uh, you know, the Google team did a really good job about sort of taking the event as an opportunity to both reflect on where they've come, but also lay out a perspective of where they're headed, which was important and was refreshing to see. You know, we work with them on a lot of joint collaborative initiatives and it's good to see from Thomas and Sundar, kind of a longer term view of how they see their yeah. strategy evolve, which was great. And then I think from our perspective, it was awesome to see people that we had never met before, customers yeah. who we had met and met in a different context yeah. in their data center environments come up and yeah. say, wow, we never knew your you guys were on the Google Cloud. Yeah. And it was really nice to see yeah. that. And our booth was really busy. I was personally involved in back-to-back meetings for two days straight, which is how I like it. Yeah, of course. And uh, you know, I think that it shows that there's real opportunity for our work with them.
0: I loved how Sundar not only showed up on the main stage, but he showed up again in the small stage at Leader Circle uh, with TK and Adair uh, in that case. And I was like, yeah, this is like, this is this is this is a critical component of Alphabet. That's exactly right. That was a great statement, and I just love that dynamic of Sundar plus TK and 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 uh, Adair. Of course, our customers were elated, not just in what they learned, and not just in what we presented, but in their own experience with their own end customers. They were just so happy. They got so many leads, so many great conversations. So now the job's on us to. Uh, Keep the momentum going into April. And you have your own conference coming up. Let's talk about Insight. When is that happening? Tell us all about if somebody's never attended, never been, what is Insight about?
1: Insight is our customer and partner conference where we bring together you know, thought leaders, we bring customers, and we bring our partner ecosystem together to, to learn about you know, not only the technologies that we are bringing to market, but we really try to learn, you know, bring partners to teach our partners mm-hmm. as well as customers to learn from each other. That's been a long-standing practice. Like, you know, Google.next, we haven't been able to hold it in person for many years. Yeah. So this is the first in five years and it's happening at the end of October. 23rd through the 25th in las vegas
0: vegas Um,
1: so insight.netapp.com would be the place to go
0: i wish you great success at the event thanks for being my guest and thanks for welcoming me into your home Um, and i look forward to our future together as we partner ever more closely for us to be more comprehensive to our customers in terms of what we're able to bring to the table Thank you, Tony. Thanks for having me. We
1: appreciate the partnership, your expertise in areas that complement us. And we're looking forward to a great year together. Thank you, George. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cloud & Clear. Check the show notes for
0: links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud & Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.